millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. For the last two weeks, we have listened to a riveting story about a family called to China to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. For their security, we are just calling them Richard and Jeanette. And over the last two episodes, we heard about the day the Chinese National Police came to their apartment door. Richard was taken to the police station. Jeanette was left at home without any of her electronic devices. She didn't know how to contact anyone to get help or even to tell people to pray. But the Holy Spirit used the body of Christ to provide the support that she needed. When we left Richard, he was being held overnight at the police station. As you might expect, he was filled with anxiety, just like you or I might be. Yet when the interrogation started, the Holy Spirit gave him the words to say, just as the scriptures promise, and he experienced the peace of Christ. Police let Richard go back to his family the second night, but they weren't finished with the intense interrogations. I knew it wasn't over. Uh, I mean, they told me it wasn't, that they'll call me back in. Uh, I mean, they said, you cannot talk to your wife about anything. I had to sign the same NDA that if I essentially talked to anyone about what we talked about or even that I'd been picked up. And then after the third day, I mean, I kind of, it was the weekend holiday, so I kind of knew it was going to be a few days before I'd go back again. And even when you're home, yeah, are you in a, are you getting any sleep? Are you in a panic? Are you trying yeah. to work out all the details of, okay, what did I say? What can I say next time? How, What's going on in your mind? You can't turn off, but it's like you're in the fight or flight, but you're in the flight mode for essentially three straight weeks, and you're always just on alert. And so anytime a phone rings, bell buzzes, anything, your heart rate jumps. And it was hard, hard not to be anxious because you knew that they could call, you could have to go in. And so from the time I got up until like about two in the afternoon, you just kind of pray pray a lot and read the Bible, pray. I couldn't hardly function. Otherwise, I just sat in bed, read, sat in my chair and read. And I couldn't, I couldn't engage. I couldn't talk to anybody. It was just really hard. And so... How uh, hard was it for the two of you not to be able to... Yeah, we couldn't Kind of process this together at all. I mean... I knew it was temporary. So that's, that for me was like, there'll be a time when this ends and I can explain. But for now, this is the best way forward. And I was like, I just didn't want them to take her in. And I wanted her to be like, she absolutely has no clue what he's talking about. So. And again, you assume, they're, at least if you're in your apartment, you assume they're listening. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. if you have a conversation, they're going to know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. How would you say that God protected your kids through this? Because they're, they're seeing all this. They're seeing dad. They're seeing mom. They know the police were in the house. How did he kind of guide you to help guide them in a way that yes this can happen when you're a believer there, there can be hard things that happen but Jesus is still with us and 
kind of talk about what your thought process. And I know some of your kids were very young, so this is. Yeah, this, I mean, when this happened, our oldest was eight. So we had an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and then twins that are two. So they were definitely on the (laughs) younger side. Um, I think our seven-year-old somewhat knew what was going on. I don't know that our five-year-old or two-year-olds, you know, understood really at all, other than like dad's just not coming home past bedtime and maybe he'll be there in the morning and maybe he won't and our eight-year-old definitely um, knew what was going on but because of where we worked like um, I mean they knew that we did gospel ministry but we never like freely used the word missionary so I mean even if we were describing his job like we would we were always quick to say first you know he works for a tea company Um, and so even when I was explaining, you know, that they had questions about his job, I think that's probably what came to mind first. Um, but even in, you know, the unknowns of like, when is dad coming home? Like the Lord was just gracious to give wisdom of reminding him, this is something we can go back to in prayer. Like, I also don't know that, but we're going to trust that the Lord is going to take care of him. And, um, you know, in his timing, like the Lord's going to take care of us too, no matter what those outcomes are. And so, just using that as an opportunity to pray with them, you know, to remind them of truth that we've been memorizing in um, family worship from Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And um, and then, again, the local church played a huge role in this, too, of, like, just allowing them to continue to see their friends on the normal times that we would have seen them throughout the week um, and allowing them to, to play with them. And, you know, even at the very end we were able to say good goodbyes to them. I mean, they, our kids knew that we were going to be going back to the States anyway, because we had already had right. plane tickets and they were preparing to say goodbye because, um, at that point we knew that we probably weren't going to get to return back to our city to live there. And so we were prepared to be saying like final goodbyes to their friends as it was. Um, but yeah, just good gifts of saying those good goodbyes of having fun memories, those last few weeks with them, and then even being able to uh, continue to contact some of them now, like to share photos of how, you know, the kids are growing and things like that, too. Did you feel like there were any of the police officers that were kind of sympathetic or felt like, hey, sure, this guy's a Christian, but he's not really a threat to our national security? Or did you feel like all of them were very aggressively sort of out, I don't want to say out to get you, but kind yeah. of definitely opposed to what you were doing. You know, I mean, they all opposed. And uh, one cop who's younger than me, he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder. I think he kind of felt like he needed to prove himself, so he'd be a little bit more fierce and vocal towards me. The leader, he was much more calm, kind of like, meh, like, I'll get what I need just in time. You know, they, they asked me why, why did I think, like, what did I think would really happen? And I said probably the worst you know you go to jail or something and he was like well then why would you do this because for them operating from an unbelieving worldview this does not make sense right. like why would you, why would you risk, that? risk like your family your kids your their education a job money power to come tell people this like this is this is ridiculous as paul is kind of laying out in first corinthians one and two and and so I just shared the gospel with them. And I mean, they just were like, 
Jesus is so selfish because he requires the minorities of China to change and quit worshiping their gods so they worship him. And they would just ask questions. And I think sometimes they would, they were just so baffled at the answer. They didn't know what to say. And then sometimes they were looking for answers and it just, I think too dependent on their mood or things going up, you know, things are bad at home, then they're going to probably take it out at school or at work. And so how much of the time when you're being interrogated, were you sitting at a table versus in the chair where you're like lying yeah. down and two of the eight days I was at a table. Yeah. Six days in the Six days the, in the chair. The it's in a chair. chair or the... It's a big wooden chair, and you'll see it online, and it kind of has a thing that folds down. Almost kinda... like a big high chair. Yes. And so six days uh, times, you know, eight to ten hours each time, 60 hours. So. And a lot of it is asking the same questions again and again, or um, the question from three different angles, or but basically they want the same piece of information? Yeah. Or I mean, were they kind of all over the place? At times they'd be all over the place, and... I'd try to map, and then they'd ask questions. They'd circle back to some things, and because they're all taking notes as they go, so somebody's asking questions, someone's taking notes, and then they would kind of come back to some questions later on, and then I would have to sign that I said all this up at the end. Yeah. So, the Bible talks about you know don't worry when you stand before kings because I will give you the words to say. Did did you experience that? Were there any particular times where you just felt like this is what I should say right now? Oh. I mean, uh, I mean, the Lord gave peace as I sat down, and every time I was anxious, and I just, you know, He'd call me, and I'd be able to speak. Yeah, what to say? You know, I, I don't, I don't think I had like any sort of divine words or anything, but like He just knew. I just knew how to answer. I knew what I needed to say, what I didn't need to say, to what limit. You know, you just say the the bare minimum, and I think that the Holy Spirit just kind of gave me wisdom in that sense. Yeah. Now, when they confiscated your phones and stuff, they also confiscated your passports, right? Did yeah. they have your passports? So you had these plane tickets to get on a plane and go out of China. You now understand if you go out of China, you're probably not coming back. Yeah. But they still have your passports. At what point did you know they are going to let us get on the plane, they are going to let us leave at, at yeah. least? The third week, one of them let it slip. Like, that's when I kind of figured it out. After, like, we get to the third week, and one of the cops, it's kind of like we're outside. We'd gone to get some noodles during the lunch. It's a weird situation. I love but, that they interrogate you and then take you to lunch. Yeah, they took me to lunch. <laughs> and, and then, like, and he sit there, and he goes, so what are you going to do when you get back to America? And then the other cop, the senior cop, was like, shh. Like, basically, was trying to, like, change the subject. That, I acted like I didn't hear him. But at that point, I was like, all right, I think we're turning towards an, an end. The third week, second day, you could just tell they're running out of questions. You can tell that, all right, like, got yeah, right. we're not going to get anything more. And I just, you know, kept the answer straight, clear, don't, don't elaborate. Elaborate on the things that don't matter and, um, and fill the time. And they, then they gave me the passports after that. Uh, so I knew at that point we would probably we'd leave. So, how bittersweet was that? I, I mean, you'd been in China for a decade. Yeah, you know you're not coming back at this point, or it's un, very unlikely you're yeah. coming back. How how difficult was that for both of you? Never coming back. It was a hard ending, a, yeah. a very rough ending, and you know the bittersweet. And missing things, it didn't happen then. I was very thankful to be done. I cried when it was the first time I could cry was when they stamped my passport, like exit. Yeah. 
the bittersweet, the crying, it comes later. When you remember things and the first spring festival, you're not there and you remember holidays and stuff like that. That, that gets hard. I mean, but at the time, I was just thankful, thankful to be out. Uh, I was really scared we were going to get interrogated in Shanghai. and I lost it and cried and I finally felt free. I could breathe, you know, and especially when we exited Chinese airspace, I stood up on the, uh, in the Delta flight and was like, I am a missionary. <laughs> Jeanette, what about you for that getting on that plane and you had been there even before you were married you had spent some time in China so yeah I think at first mainly just thankful um thankful you know that we were all getting to leave as a family number one really thankful that I was able to say good goodbyes Mm. with some of our closest friends um with the local believers there I mean they escorted us to the airport we had a last meal together you know Took a picture together and... Which is really um, bold of them. It, I mean, they have to yes, know the cops like, are watching you. Yes. Like, who's talking to these people? But for them, they said, if they let you over, the matter's over. Right. Like, they understand it from a different perspective than us. Yeah. I mean, because the pastor was like, if it's they let, they, they're letting you go, it's over. The matter's done. Yeah, so just thankful. Getting to have good closure. Um, getting to write down phone numbers like to contact them being able to continue to encourage them even if it is from afar um i think the bittersweet part of you know ending that chapter from china um the lord was preparing our hearts along the way you know i mean this it wasn't like it just happened bam you know as you're watching other people have the same kind of experience in various capacities and getting kicked out of the country like just wondering, okay, is this the year that it will happen to us? Um, you know, like just the Lord preparing our hearts for this is the season that he gave us while we were there, and that season is now mm. closed. Yeah, I mean, there's still things that come up that we miss and are bittersweet, but just thankful for the time that we had and the friendships that we made. When could you guys finally sit down and and because you hadn't wanted to yeah. share things that would put her at risk and you had signed these documents not to tell anyone. So when did you guys finally get to sit down and talk through this whole thing? Was there a a, a refuge or a yeah. place of kind of restoration? that We'd missed our flight leaving Detroit and we landed in Atlanta and we had like, we were going to be delayed. It was just inevitable. But we had to sit there. Our kids were tired. So we just passed, that let them pass out. Like on their, we're that family. Like we let them just lay on the floor I was like, you know what? I don't care. Like, anybody wants to say something to me, I could care less. <laughs> so we just sat and we had about a, basically like a, a two to five o'clock afternoon and we just sat and talked, shared everything. And yeah, it was really a really sweet moment, you know, um, emotional, and, but also fulfilling. And, you know, just things I didn't know what was going on in the background and mm-hmm. things she didn't know and then we were able to share, so... Yeah, yeah. I was thankful for that time too because it allowed us to process all of that and hear all of it before we met our extended family right, too. Yeah. And like just the gift of even having a night of sleep yeah. <laughs> before we got on another plane, you know, to head yeah. back to see our extended family. Um, you know, even that was a gift from the Lord of being able to just pre- prepare to embrace them as yeah. well. Yeah. 
we always try to finish up our conversations with helping people pray. Yeah. So there's lots I could ask you to help us pray for. But first, I want to start out with Chinese Christians. Obviously, we've talked about the fact they've had to step into leadership. They, a lot of the foreigners are gone. How can we pray for the church, Big C Church in China, right now? Pray that the pastors would be faithful shepherds. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of believers, but few pastors know how to truly shepherd biblically. A lot of them, and, and so pray that the pastors would have the time and the, the diligence to get up to study God's word, to understand how to understand the Bible, and pray that they would be faithful to love and care and counsel the people that they have been entrusted to. And then the second question, and maybe Jeanette, you can answer this one: How do we pray for the the gospel workers that maybe we support them, maybe our church helps send them out? And they're in kind of rough places or a rough stretch of time. How can we lift them up in ways that maybe you understand better today than you did the day before Richard was taken to the police station? I think a lot of the same as the Chinese believers, honestly, just that they would be faithful to be in the word, that they would protect their time with the Lord, um, that they would understand um, the call of suffering as a believer and um, just that they would continue to trust the Lord's sovereignty and goodness no matter what comes. I think from our conversation, you guys would not have wished for this experience, but I think at the same time you're thankful for this experience. Is that, what are the, the things, the biggest things that you're thankful for out of this experience of being detained, being interrogated, being asked to leave or, or asked not to come back to China and kind of that, that whole process. What, what are some of the main things that you're most thankful for? A sweeter time of fellowship with the Lord that honestly couldn't have been experienced had we not gone through that situation. Mm -hmm. That both of us walked away saying, I'm thankful for that. Like I'm thankful to have gone through this type of suffering to know the Lord in a deeper way, you know, to see how he answers prayer and how he's working through the local church, you know, through our suffering, suffering for their glory too, you know, to strengthen their faith because, you know, in a lot of those times that I would see them out on the playground, you know, some of the ladies were sharing with me things that the Lord had been teaching them, you know, through praying for us and, encouraging them through the word so like that was also a gift just knowing god better i mean i would not have known him this way it took this circumstance so that i could be more like christ i think that i wouldn't like i just look at the gift of suffering and i look at the gift of walking through difficult seasons of life and the Lord being with us and giving us his word and constantly reminding us that he is with us is such a gift. And I think for me, like, it really strengthened my trust in Christ. And, but it also helped me identify better with the sufferings of Christ. My suffering was light, like, in comparison. Like, I mean, it, it may, to some it seems heavy, 
but in comparison, I mean, you look at church history, it's light, extremely light. And, spare, and even to other Chinese Christians, light. Jesus had it heavy. And Paul had it heavy, you know, and and Jesus always entrusted himself to the Father. So I think, yeah, I'm just so thankful to have known Christ better in and through what has happened. And I'm thankful, number two, that the Lord used this to kind of confirm faith in my kids. Um, you know, this was one of the this was one of the things that my daughter said, you know, like it's what pushed her to be a believer. It's because she sees that God is real and true and he's working. He's not some far off deity or entity, but he is good and he's working in our life. And so, yeah, I'm just thankful for these, these good gifts. Yeah. Hard gifts, but good gifts. I think that's pretty amazing. Is there anything, Jeanette, that you would add to that as far as what you're thankful for out of this experience? Yeah, I think just the reminder of the Lord hears our prayers, that we're in His thoughts, that He is aware of any small or large situation, and He cares um, that He uses the local body uh, to help us endure these things and to continue to turn back to him as well as just the the aliveness of his word and how it ministered to our souls during that time of just being able to give a voice to our laments and our prayers and reminding us of truth of his character and being able to continue to praise him even in a very difficult situation richard and jeanette it has been such an honor to be here with you and i am so thankful for your willingness to share and be transparent and i think god gets an amazing amount of honor out of this story i you're the picture that you paint of his provision and his hands preparing you getting you ready walking you through this and now on the other side of this, continuing to use you and continuing to grow fruit out of this hard soil, I think it's an amazing testimony. So thank you for your willingness to let us come. Thank you for your willingness to share with us this week. Appreciate it. Thank you. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted.